Welcome to the Northridge Church Podcast, a weekly rewind of Sunday's talk. invite you to go ahead and be seated and uh, I want to add my voice of welcome to you. I'm so glad you're with us here whether you're in this room or you are online watching us from the four corners of the earth. Uh, we say welcome. I say welcome as one of the pastors in Northbridge Church and so glad we are together. We have been in an amazing weekend. We have physically in this room uh, several guests uh, with us that serve a full-time in countries across the world, extending the gospel uh, to people groups, to nations beyond America. And so I say to our guests, uh, welcome. Welcome to Northbridge. Uh, you've been here for a few days. I welcomed you on Friday, but again, we as a church welcome you. Uh, our online community, you get to, you're going to get to experience a couple of different people, but I, I'm sad to say uh, we can't show you uh, uh, all of our folks because of security reasons. And back in the day, I, oh, I pined for the good old days, missionaries, you know, just six years ago when we could bring you up and give you a fake name and, uh, and know that everything was secured, but now I'm keenly aware of many countries uh, having facial recognition software, so we can't even show your face uh, for fear of, of what that could, how that could impact your ministries down the road. Uh, missionaries, I say that to you. You can relax and know that the cameras won't be scanning the crowd and we're not bringing you up here because we want to protect your ministries. We want to protect uh, your families and help you continue to stay safe in the, in some cases, very dangerous areas you're in. So I say that to our online community. I apologize. You won't get to experience everyone because let me tell you, uh, man, what a blessing this weekend was. And I say this without hesitation. I say this without anger either or without, you know, I don't mean to, to kick someone or anything like that, but I'll say if you missed this weekend, folks, you missed a blessing. You missed a blessing. Uh, th this was a powerful time. And, uh, I, you know, wow, God, every time, every two years when we bring some of these folks in, um, it's, it's, I, I feel like I get to hang out with MVPs in God's kingdom. You know, I feel like uh, that uh, these people who serve God in many ways, anonymous ways, uh, I, I think um, when we're in the kingdom of God, they're going to be the leaders. They're going to be the people who have giant treasures. And honestly, I think a lot of pastors, me included, uh, God's going to be telling us that our reward was on earth, that we received our fame, we received our treasure, we received uh, the blessings of serving King Jesus. Uh, many of the things we already got, and but people that are willing to lay it all down and just go to the four corners of the world, uh, in my mind, those are... Uh, in my mind, the most important people uh, in the kingdom. And so I say welcome to you guys. And uh, boy, what a blessing it's been. For me, an another thing about this weekend that just helps, you know, it, it was a great time. And, and before I even go any further, I just want to say she's not in this room right now, but I want to say a big thank you to Susan Lehman yeah. and the team around Susan Lehman. 
And if you if you were one of those people that served in some way that were a part of her team uh, making this weekend uh, happen, would you just stand right now? There's probably just one or two people in the room now. And yeah, I know you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. Thank you, Terry, for providing meals and taking. Thank you. There's several of people. There's other folks that'll be in second hour that made this happen. And. Um, Thank you guys for putting this on and, and working hard for us to do that. I, I find that, that these weekends, you know, it's an incredible weekend in a strange and weird season, right? We're in a strange time. You've heard me say that over and over, and, and it's still true. We're in an odd time uh, in this season with COVID and with all the stuff going on in our culture, and even now the news we received just a few days ago of our president, uh, you know, with COVID, and what does that mean for us politically? What does that mean for us? What, what do our kids think when they hear our leader is in the hospital right now? I mean, just it's it's a weird time, isn't it? And and so I find that when we have weekends like this, it helps me see the forest for the trees. It helps me. Um, make sense of the world around me again. It, if anything, gives me a moment to pause, to reflect on my world around me. And, uh, and that's what this weekend did. And, and one of the things that I was able to do and able to just think about as I was preparing for our time together was just going to one of my life verses. And you know, before, well before COVID hit, we talked about life verses. Remember that conversation we had where we were saying that there's just those passages in Scripture that we can go to immediately. We memorize them. We own them. They are the thing that we go to when the bottom falls out of life, when life is confusing, when life is struggling, when life is uh, causing great trouble and great consternation for us. We, uh, we can go to these verses and they can kind of point to true north for us. They can help us navigate through those times. Well, for me, one of my life verses uh, that, that I use to point to true north just stuck out, stuck out so powerfully. And it's Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, so if you have a copy of scriptures, I invite you to turn there. We also have it on the screen as well. And this passage was a, a verse that I memorized as a, as a little boy. And uh, I had, if I only would have known when I was like 10 years old and I memorized this passage, how this would have helped me navigate my life through, uh, through so many things, I would have probably memorized it in a, in a better version than the King James Version, uh, or at least a version easier for me to understand at first. But, but here in the NIV, uh, Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For it is by grace. For it is by grace you have been saved. Not by works. Not, not, not by effort. Not because you're a little better person. Not because God loves your tribe more than other tribes in the world. Not because of the color of your skin or what you bring to the game. Paul declares unabashedly, unashamedly, that we are saved by God's grace. We are saved by His grace that's brought on to us through faith. Through faith. For you, 
For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not any work that you've done. It's not any hard decisions you've made. It's not by any acts of piety or righteousness that you've done. It's not because you're a religious person. It's not from yourself, Paul declares, but rather it is a gift of God. A gift of God. And he reminds us again. It's, if, it, it's like Paul saying, if, if you, it, it's almost like he's saying in, in the lines, I'm not stuttering here. Because he's already declared, hey, it's grace and it's through faith. It's, not, it's a gift from God. But then he continues just to remind us, in, in case you didn't figure it out that this is a gift of God, this is not done by your personal work. So don't boast about it. Don't talk about how you're better than other people because you're a Christ follower. Because the reality is you are not. You are not better than other people. And Christ came to you in your sin. He came to you in your brokenness. He came to you when you, when you were at your worst. And he gives you a gift. This is what Paul is declaring to you and to me. And it helps reset my life to recognize, to recognize that, that, that what I have, what, what Paul considers worthy to brag about, is this grace that has come into our lives through our faith. And for me, this is, a, this is a compass that points to true north in life because it reminds me of some very important truths. It reminds me that life is more than the years that we spend on planet Earth. And, you know, I'll just tell you, I, I've experienced that so much in the last, you know, six months. Watching God's people and even, even some of the own things that I'm having internally in my dialogue of, the great measures we go to try to extend our life and protect ourselves in the midst of a pandemic. Can I just tell you this? Sometimes it's crazy. Can I, can I just be honest here? Maybe there might be some people online that are going to be ticked off with me. And I just remind you, uh, first of all, just say what we always say whenever I start preaching. And that is, I'm sorry. I'm going to say something that is going to make me make you offended. And I'm sorry. I don't really want to tick you off. Uh, and there's sometimes that I say something that I have to walk back for the next three months because I say it poorly. I, usually when I have those kinds of sermons, I talk to Pastor John and Pastor Dave. And I didn't talk to you today, did I, Pastor? So I'm not planning on having that sermon. And if I stumble in there, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But can I say whether you're here in this room or you're watching online, Many of us have just done some crazy things. It's like we've forgotten that life is more than the, the 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years that we're on planet Earth. But for the Christ follower, there is something far larger than a long life on planet Earth. Christ follower, there's something far greater for you than a retirement or a villa in a foreign country. There's something far greater than, than uh, for you than, dare I say it, uh, one day being old and gray and having your grandchildren come to your home for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's a beautiful scene, and God honors those things, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but for some of us, that becomes our deity. That becomes our God, you know? And I'm saying that when I, and for the record, me too, man, me too. I sit back and think about retirement already. You know, I got like 20 more years, but I'm already thinking about what am I going to do when I have those days off? And I have to remind myself that, that God did not save me. He did not pour his grace into my life and did not give me this salvation through my faith just so I could have this long and blissful life on planet Earth, did he? But rather, there's, there's more to it. And this, this verse, as it points to me, it reminds me that we are saved for something greater 
than, than this life because of God's great big sacrifice. And, and Paul continues to speak into it in verse 10. He says, he goes on and he says, for we are God's handiwork. Handiwork. Now that, that word handiwork is an interesting word. I took the time to, to, to lean into that and understand that because I thought, wow, what, what does that mean? It's meaning that, that God created you like, a, like, you know, you have passions in life. You know, maybe it's woodworking or painting or writing. You have some kind of passion and what you create your handiwork. Well, God's passion is people. The thing that he created was not, even, even of all the things, the Rocky Mountains, think of that, that he created that. Think of the fact that he created planet Earth. Think of he, he created the Orion system, right? All of those things are his handiwork, but the thing that stands out far greater than anything else in God's mind is, is you and me and the person living across the world that we'll never meet. That's God's handiwork. And Paul goes on, he says, for we are God's handiwork. We're his craftsmanship. We're his, we're his, his product of his art. Created in Christ Jesus to do what? Say this with me, church. Good works. We're created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is super interesting. This reminds me that we are made for something. You realize that? We're made for something. God laid out a course according to Paul. He says, hey, not only are you supposed to do good works. See, this is good news for us, church, because God, Paul's not saying, hey, you, you, you got to do good works, and it's up to you to figure out what those good works are, and it's up, for you to, it's up to you to complete them, and it's up to you to make sure they happen. No, Paul's saying, hey, God's already created what these good works are to do, and it's our job to partner with him. Henry Blackaby, back uh, 40 years ago, uh, was saying that it's our job to, to figure out, to know that God's at work, and all we have to do is simply join him in that work. We don't have to work for God. We just have to join him where he's already at work at in this world. And he says that's what the task is for the believer. And so that's what Paul's saying here, isn't it? He's saying God is at work. He's already planned out good works for you to be doing in your life. And you simply need to join him in what he has prepared in advance for you to do. Here's the reality of this. Friends, we are made for something. You realize that? You realize? And right now, just own that for yourself. And I'm not going to say, say this out loud. This isn't some kind of self-help time. But just right now in your mind, just say to yourself, I'm made for something. Just whisper to yourself, I am made for something. You realize when God has you here on planet Earth, he's called you and saved you. If you said yes to King Jesus, whether you're in this room or you're watching us online, know that, that you are made for something. There is a reason you're walking planet earth today and God laid out a course for us to take a path for us to follow a road to travel and these things in this course Paul makes it very clear that there's things laid out before us to accomplish with God's partnership with God's partnership now Paul has already mentioned he uses the phrase good works good works 
Okay, But just so that you know the totality, all of the people that hung out with Jesus are saying the same thing. This isn't just Paul's shtick. Okay? This isn't Paul's thing that he's real passionate about. Because if you follow the teaching of the whole church, uh, Paul, as I already mentioned, he talks about good works. But Peter talks about the same thing. He calls it, though, in 1 Peter chapter 2, he talks about living good lives. That's how Peter, that's the, 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 the words that he uses. John, as John was growing old in 1 John chapter 4, he describes what I'm talking about today, of living a life of love. That one of the signs of a true believer is their life is filled with love and they're living love where it's literally pouring out to everyone around them. We see James, the brother of Jesus, he says that what, we're just trying to, what I'm trying to describe today as a thing in which you are living in faith with action. That's what James says in James chapter 2. So all of these guys who spent a lot of time with Jesus, they're all saying the same kind of message, maybe with just different nuances, but we're seeing that no matter who you're listening to, Peter or Paul or James or John, all of the guys who are the pantheon, uh, all of the bedrock of Jesus' teachers that he commissions to go out into the world, they're all saying the same thing, and that is there are good works set aside for us. And I think about our time as a church, and I think about the last 12 years as we've been doing these GICs, and you know, I, you know, we've lived for 15 years, we've been, we've been around for 15 years. The reality is that for those first two, two and a half years, three years, really we were just trying to stay afloat, right? We were doing everything we could just to meet and just to have a service. And I remember, John, you remember that one time we were so bad at planning services. Uh, one time, folks, that you haven't been around, some of you haven't been around, there was one Sunday, I think we were about eight weeks old, we forgot to pray. Remember that, John? You remember, we got done with the service and everyone's leaving and we're all, Pastor John and I and, 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 and uh, Pastor Mike, we, we put our heads together and we're like, I'm like, do you think anyone's going to come next week? And uh, I think it was Mike that said, I don't know, because we forgot to pray today. I would, and I go, no. And we started thinking through, we're like, oh my, we, we forgot to pray. You come to church, the house, you know, Jesus says he wants this to be a house of prayer and we forget to pray, you know? So we were doing for three years just everything we could just to survive, right? And then there's finally a point where we recognize that, you know what, this isn't a work that we are supposed to be building on our own strength. This is something that, that has been built by God, so we just need to come alongside him for the ride and let's begin getting out there and doing his good works, not just in trying to bring people into this building, but going out into our world. And I look back and I think over the years, that, that in the last 12 years, we've done some incredible things. For being a church, you know, that anywhere from in the last 12 years, we've been anywhere from 125 to, to you know, last Sunday, I'd look between the service, between who was here on a Sunday and who was streaming us, we were running 250 that day, okay, last Sunday. Uh, so that kind of size church. Now, you realize that I just took time. I asked some staff to get together. We took a few minutes to think about the different things we've been involved in the last 12 years and made a list. Hear me clearly. I don't believe this is a complete list. I think there's something that maybe you are sitting there going, what about this project? And by all means, 
this is a build your own sermon today, so you help me. If there's a project that, that, that I forgot, please shout it out right now to me. But we thought about the trunk or treat eras when we were doing trunk or treats on Halloween and how we would see sometimes as many as a thousand people gather here to, uh, to trust their kids with us on Halloween night. We, think of the, we thought of the student food drives that we've done over the years where we've been able to stock the pantries at Hillcrest High School. We've helped out at Reed High School. We, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but we actually purchased the deep freeze for Reed High School to be able to store meat and, and frozen things. Uh, we think of the, the church-wide food drives we've done where we take food, we collect food together and send it uh, to the Grand Oak Mission or to Victory Mission. The thousands of pounds in 12 years of food we've collected for those who are underfed uh, and have poor nutrition in our community. Uh, we've landscaped Truman Elementary. We've done prayer breakfasts for Truman Elementary. For eight years, a group got together to do a golf tournament to feed hungry kids in Republic. We thought of the, the fact that how many times have we collected school supplies over the years to help kids that can't afford school supplies. Every Christmas for about 10 years, a group of people would go to Reed Elementary and wrap gifts for kids as they were purchasing gifts through the school with points for being good students. And it was your people, it was our people who were wrapping those gifts and serving children who have maybe never been served before in this world. What a, what a cool ministry that was. Think of the time that we've been involved in Sammy's Window. And many of you volunteered through Sammy's Window just sorting clothes for foster kids. Think of uh, the gifts for foster kids that we've done for several years during the Christmas season. The Harmony House partnership that we had. The trunk or treats that we did at Harmony House for a couple of years. Think of the times that we've done painting and helped uh, low class or low class. What am I saying there? Think of low, low some of the low-rent places I lived at as a kid were low-class. I'm going to be honest with you. That's what I was going with here. The, the low-rent homes and houses were a couple of, there was a couple of times two years ago that we went and painted some of those places just to build relationship with the landlords there for some ministries. Uh, think of the cooking that was taking place for some of our small groups who cooked for Harmony House and other ministries. Think, think of the mission trips, Omaha mission trip, Louisiana mission trip. We did a couple of trips to Louisiana, Florida. Florida trip, a Houston trip during the storm, Mexico, uh, we've spent time in uh, Nepal, some of us have gone on a trip to Nepal, uh, we built a cistern in Mexico, uh, paid for that so that so that an Indian tribe would have fresh water uh, during the rainy season and have water stored up during the dry season, think of the mission trip to Baptist Hill and the, the input that we've had at Baptist Hill, a local campsite to help people. Uh, coffee at Christmas. You know, again, when we were getting started, we did a serving project at the Christmas parade. John, you remember that? And we were so new that we forgot to bring anything to tell who we were. So these people just recognized that there was these people here giving free coffee and free hot chocolate away on Christmas, but they didn't know who we were. Uh, it was in that time that I, 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 had, I, I got a man crush on Jerry Jacobs at that point, I remember, and followed his career for a while because I was just enamored with that guy, starstruck with a local you know, broadcaster. Uh, think of the egg hunt that we've done, the Truman Days Carnival, uh, the Colorado Mission.
mission trip, the New York mission trip, the Macomb trip that we did, which if you've, uh, missionaries, if you think you've lived and been to third world countries, you've never done a mission trip to Macomb, Illinois, doing summer camp with inner city kids from St. Louis. That was third world uh, situation there when you have porta potties and a well that goes dry at nine in the morning. Okay, so another story there on that one. Uh, the Honduras mission trip in which we bought books and we were able to help educate and, and create a, a mobile platform, a mobile seminary for leaders and pastors in Honduras. Uh, Nebraska trip, the Joplin trip, uh, working with Nightlife. Uh, think of our partnerships we've developed. Reed, Harmony House, Pregnancy Care Center, Victory Mission, Luis in Mexico, uh, Rachel and Yvonne when they were in Asia serving Nightlife. Think of the new partnership that we just developed just the past few uh, weeks even with Heart of Christ in Honduras. Think of our Grand Oak uh, mission trip. We collected food for Joplin. We've worked with Native American Toy Drive for several years now, bringing gifts to Native Americans in South Dakota, in North Dakota, in New Mexico. Our camp ministry, our shoebox ministry for Christmas gifts. The hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shoeboxes that we gave out uh, in those early years. And, and, and. Again, those are the things, three pages of things that I came up with and a team of us came up with in a half an hour. And I am convinced, I am convinced that there are things that right now you're thinking about that you're like, you forgot about this one. You forgot about that one. I'm convinced there's things that have been done here that I have no clue about, right? Because we've empowered our small groups just to serve, just to stand in the gap. Uh, and they don't need necessarily permission from the pastors. They don't need acclamation from the church or from the platform here. And so they just serve. Think of all that, and here's what I believe. All of this incredible list that I've been sharing about is, is just scratching the surface, I believe. We're only scratching the surface. So, I ask you, as we continue to think about how we're going to partner with God doing His good works, how will you pray in the next two, two years as you've met missionaries, as you've been uh, encountering things around you that you can pray for. How will you pray? Who will you pray for? How will we give in the next two years? Uh, the truth is, the reality is, we have a going global budget. Here's the cool thing. Every missionary, every group that's here with us today, do you realize that we are a part of their support chain? Every missionary here is either getting funds directly from us through our going global budget, or they're getting funds through the this thing called the cooperative program, which we give to as every week as a part of our giving. And so every person here today, we're a part of their support chain. They are able to do what they do because of you and your generosity. And guess what? If there's ever a time at Northbridge where we just decide to quit being generous, that funding dries up. And there's going to be some missionaries where we have to say we can't support you anymore. We can't fund you. There's going to be some organizations that we say, sorry, we've funded you for 20, 10 years now. We, we're going to have to stop because we just don't have the support any longer. I don't want to be that pastor that has to give that kind of message, church. And so I challenge you to continue to give generously like you have been giving. Don't let that stop. And then the final thing that I ask is go, go. How will we be going? Now, I want you to know there's a couple of things. First of all, there's the, the pray, give, and go card uh, here in which we're asking you for your feedback. 
And I'm going to invite you, if you've already determined what your feedback is, that you would fill that card out and you would deposit it. You could just simply drop it off and drop it in the offering box on your way out. I will say this to our online community. Many of you have had this card mailed to you, but if you haven't, or if maybe you accidentally threw the card away or just got rid of it because you didn't realize what it was, email me at office, just write, type in office at mynorthbridge.org and say, I need a card. Give me your name, give me your address, and we'll mail you a card, and we'll ask for you to mail that back to us within a month. For some of you here, maybe this is the first time you've been thinking about it. You need to go back and talk to your husband or your wife. You need to pray on this. Take the card with you, and we'll be accepting these cards for the rest of October and November. So they'll trickle in as we hear your feedback. It's important to have your feedback and to know how you plan to support us, okay? So that's the first card. The second card that should be on your table is this bigger card. I want you to see this because this is a cool, cool thing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take as much time, but I'm going to do it as, as quick as possible to go through this. So the go piece. In the past, we just say find a small, find a short-term mission trip and go. Just you get out into the field. Well, let me tell you, you know, I was supposed to go to Nepal this year. Had funds going. Brandon Ward. By there was a, a group of us. There was three or four of us that were going to go, and we were paying towards. I mean, we were serious about this, and then we got locked out. We got shut down. And uh, David doesn't know this, but I was casually eyeing a trip to Mongolia uh, in, uh, in November that I was like, well, if I didn't get to go to Nepal, maybe I'll go to Mongolia, you know, and uh, go, go see Genghis Khan's you know, tomb and all that kind of stuff. Uh, go check that out as I'm serving people. Uh, so, you know, I was looking at that. That got shut down. Uh, I share that to say that it might be kind of hard in this season to figure out how to go, right? And so uh, with that in mind, uh, your going can still be a, a, a traditional short-term mission trip. I'm not saying we're stopping that, okay? But they're just maybe a little more difficult to get into. We created a new tool that I'm super, I'm pumped about this. We're calling it the Go Project. It's something that's going to be around. This is not just going to be for one week or two weeks. This is going to be something that drives us for the next two years. And in the Go Project, what I'm saying is this. I'm saying that I believe that there's good works for you to be doing. I'm convinced that, and we've been teaching this as a church now for almost a year now, that, that we are committed to standing in the gap for those people who cannot or will not stand in the gap for themselves. And so you are a person that's standing in the gap. Your job, we believe, is to figure out what gap it is you're supposed to be standing in because we've seen one of the things that COVID has done, if not anything else, has been to show us there's a lot of gaps in our society. There's a lot of holes for us to stand in as Christ followers and give the message of Christ to other people who desperately need to hear it and to experience it and to embrace it and to live it. And so, and so it's your job, we believe, to figure out what gap it's at and, and to, what gap you're supposed to stand in. And then it's our job to then disciple you, to train you, to help you, to help you go, how do I stand in this gap? And that's what we're committed to doing with this. With, with the Go Project, we're asking that if you have, figure out or say, hey, there's a gap that I'm passionate about, but I don't know what's the next step to take. Let us know who you are and what's going on. And what we're committed to do is come alongside of you and praying with you and strategizing with you and discipling you so that you can figure out what the next steps are. And let me tell you, this is how serious we are about this. As you figure out what the next steps are, it might be that there's a project you, you feel compelled that you need to do or something, some way that you can serve. And it's going to cost you some money. And you don't even know how to fund that. Our commitment is this. 
If you walk through this process with us, if you submit to our leadership, if you submit to our coaching, if you're willing to make us a part of your team, we will commit some seed money to make that happen, up to $100. And now I realize $100 isn't a lot. You know, I'm thinking in terms of like the boy that brings the fish and the loaves to Jesus or actually to a disciple and and Jesus multiplies that. That's what's going to have to happen over and over and over again. I understand that. But I'm saying I'm willing to put some of our our money, the Lord's money into your hands to see a project happen. So if you're still kind of saying, what? I don't know how to wrap my mind around this. This is what I'm saying. A little, Say a little five-year-old girl is passionate about Victory Mission and wants to raise uh, some support for Victory Mission. And she has the bright idea of doing a, a, uh, uh, a lemonade stand. Well, she can come to us and you know what? We'll buy $20 worth of lemonade and we'll buy $5 worth of cups and we'll give those to her so that every penny that she makes on that can go straight to Victory Mission and she doesn't have to pay for the supplies up front. That's what I'm talking about there. So what am I saying? I'm saying this project is for children. Just because the children aren't here, parents, educate your kids on this because this is something for them. This is something for you as individuals to say, hey, how can I partner with the church to do something? And it might be something that's big down the road, you know, like the golf tournament or something like that. How do we do that? How can we make that happen? And then know that, yes, we're so serious that we'll even at least give you a little bit of funding to just begin the process to make it happen. So this is something for kids. This is something for adults. And yes, my hope is this is something where small groups will say, man, there's a project we want to do. I can tell you right now, uh, our small group, without me leading it, this was something the ladies in our small group, they connected to Nightlight. Uh, Nightlight was our person this week. And they discovered that Nightlight has this cool funding mechanism where ladies who are called out of the sex industry in Thailand create jewelry and scarves and clothes and uh, and they have a little boutique set up in our in our offices over here in our not in our office but in their office and uh, so what our ladies did was they said why can't closer to Christmas we host a party here at the church for anyone looking for some easy gifts where they can purchase them and, and give them to their to their family so so right there a, a project was birthed right that our ladies uh, did and said, well, why don't we do that? We'll host it, we'll create food, we'll make that happen, and we'll set the date, and we'll just invite the church, whoever wants to come can come and experience that, and then they know that everything that they're buying is going towards people to help them experience freedom in Christ, right? That, that's how this is. See, I'm trying to give you a painting of the uh, how organic this is, right? It's not something I'm trying to control here, not some kind of monster. But I'm sitting there, as John and I and Dave were talking about this, uh, we thought, we just said, how cool would this be to think that we would have 20 of these projects happen in the next two years? How, how cool would that to be? Not, not just, for the record, we're already doing cool things, right? Let's keep on doing those things. I still expect next year there's going to be a golf tournament. I still expect this Christmas we're going to be uh, buying some gifts for Native Americans, right? We're still doing the things we've done, but what if... We started as individuals saying, how can I stand in the gap and what do I need to be doing to share the love of Christ to the world around me? And yes, those gifts, we're doing those things just to remind you, not because we're good people just trying to make good happen, but hoping that that urges us a right to share the gospel to people who desperately need to hear the gospel. Those, those are the challenges. That's, that's the go. So I go back as I conclude right now and I just ask you the simple question. How are you, church, going to pray? How are you going to give? And how will you go? The go, you might say, I don't have a clue 
But you know what? I'm committed to trying to figure that out. I would say if that's you, mark that down. Mark the go down. And maybe you just write on there, Project Go. Project Go uh, on, our, on our list there. Uh, you know, just, just write that down and we'll know to begin talking to you about that and talking about what that looks like to help you and to equip you and to fund you to, to make those events occur. Folks, we have a giant task in front of us. A task that we can't do by ourselves and we won't do it by ourselves. That's not how God designed it. Our, our calling is to extend the kingdom of God and to partner with brothers and sisters in Christ all across this land, all across our world. And so this tool is just our attempt of making that happen. And I ask you as your pastor, as your friend, as your colleague, would you be a part of our initiative, our Going Global initiative, and would you be a person to pray? Pray for some of the missionaries perhaps you met this week or are going to meet. Would you give to our Going Global Fund? Because as I said, 100% 100% of that goes outside of these four walls. We've always, it's amazing, the last eight years, we've always been over 100% funding of that. It's incredible to see the generosity of our people. Is that going to continue for the next two years? It's up to you. Up to you to answer that question. And will you go? Will you go with me? Will you go with your church? And will you be people who you committed to be a year ago? People who will stand in the gap for those who won't or can't stand for themselves. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. And God, we thank you for this so this great salvation that Paul proclaimed that's real in our lives today. We thank you, God, for saving us. We thank you for changing us. We thank you for putting the Holy Spirit within our lives. So Lord, help us, equip us, teach us, draw us to be people who will go outside of these walls to make a difference for people around the world. People in our community, people in our state, people in our country, but people around the world as well. Oh God, I realize we can't make this happen on our own power, so would your Holy Spirit work in us, work with us, and work through us. These things we pray in your Son's powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. If you'd like more information about Northridge Church, you can find us online at mynorthbridge.org.